Hi, Lawyer to Lawyer fans. This is Bob Ambrogi. After recording our last show about the rights of transgenders in the military, Craig Williams and I stayed on the phone and continued to talk about the topic at some length. We recorded our conversation and wanted to share it with you. I checked with the guests and asked if it's okay with them if we do that, and they were fine with it. So if you were a fan of last week's episode, check out this bonus content from that show. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I didn't get to discuss. Do you have just like 10 seconds? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out there's no there's no win for the White House here. There's none. This goes to court. Um, they're going to end up squaring off with their own Pentagon because the Pentagon can subtly support the position of the plaintiffs. Right. Um, so going to war with your own Pentagon in court. And if you lose, that's bad for the White House, right? Both in terms of image and exerting control of the military and giving the impression that you're in charge, that's, that's, you know, and what do you do? Do you fire Mattis at that point? So you don't win by going to court and, and potentially losing, but even if you do go to court and you win, you still went to war with your own Pentagon in court and you produce thousands of ready-made victims for cable news every night. We can put somebody and their family and their wife and their kids on CNN and MSNBC and ABC and um, you know any other news, cable news network we want um, every night from now to the election on what the what the what the administration did. You know, so I, yeah, it's, I don't it's harder what, to know whether he's ever House... actually thinking these things through before he does them or, or what or what possesses him. And, uh, you know, and my I biggest, mean, the numbers. My biggest, my biggest concern is funding for the transition treatment, uh, whether that is something that Cong- and that's clearly something that Congress can by itself and appears to have a uh, at least uh, in the House of Representatives. Uh, some legislation that is geared towards taking that away. That That's my biggest fear. The other part of it, I agree, I don't think that there's any way that they're going to roll back the policy without having a huge uh, loss. But the funding is the bigger concern in my, my book. Yeah, I worry about them cutting off medical care, but cutting off cutting off surgery is one thing. Cutting off hormones is another because then you can make a really, really clear equal protection claim that why does a cisgender woman have a right to this medication, but a transgender woman doesn't? And I think that the, does that the make sense? denial, the home, the denial of the hormone treatments can also be shown to be a readiness issue. I mean, that is truly right. Taken and if you if you force a trans if you force a transgender person to go cold turkey off of hormones, that's distinctly unpleasant. We'll just, I don't know if you're, anybody's married, but if their wife has ever had a hysterectomy, it's like basically having a hysterectomy and you know, the, the, the hot flashes and stuff that go with that. So there's a, the, a physiological suffering to, uh, to that as well. Um, and the other thing is, is I can't figure out as, um, this issue has two to one public support in favor of letting trans people serve. So it's not a, um, you know, and the support for Trump on this is even lower than his overall approval ratings. By by, you know, his approval ratings at about 38 percent, according to 538. But the uh, what I think it was Pew poll found that only 27 percent 
uh, the American public supported Trump's tweets for kicking transgender people out. Yeah, the only the only plausible theory I've heard is just really just that he was just making a a play to the uh, to the far right, to the religious right, uh, uh, w- with whom he's been you know uh, uh, upsetting uh, some members of that uh, some some sectors of that community, and that uh, that that was his his only reason for doing this was to uh, win favor with the religious right. The other theory that's floating around out there that I deem plausible is that. In the House of Representatives, there's an appropriations bill um, where the where conservative members of the House, the House Freedom Caucus, keep trying to attach the old Hartzler Amendment, which failed to make it into the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which would block money for um, medical care for transgender service members. And that's sitting off a big fight uh, inside the Republican you know, caucus. Um, yeah. So what I'm, what Politico reported was that because they can't move this appropriations bill forward because there's fighting over whether or not to include an amendment banning medical care for transgender service members, um, the appropriations bill can't go forward. But part of this appropriations bill is the money for like the first 74 miles of the wall on the border that uh, the Trump administration promised during the campaign. So... There's some speculation that Trump just dropped this ban um, in order to make the Hartzler Amendment a moot point so that the appropriations bill can go forward and the wall can get started. Um, Politico reported that one um, member of the House um, said about Trump doing this, we asked him to light a candle on the table, not set the table on fire. Um, And this, this may be a case of the people within the Trump administration um, just jumping to do this, to just clear out a path and not thinking about what the downstream effects were. Although um, Mike, Vice President Mike Pence has been a um, strong social conservative and opposed to LGBT uh, protections uh, while governor of Indiana for, for years, as well as when he was a member of the House. Yeah. Well, it certainly is befuddling. I don't know. I- it's hard, it's hard for me to to understand that they wouldn't wouldn't have a clearer picture of the pushback that this would get given the experience of North Carolina over the last year and the attention the negative attention that it brought when there was you know such a a hastily reacted to uh, policy that that was established and in fact legislation uh, that went into effect and then such a huge blowback, uh, from, you know, people around the country and that, that the white house would be unaware of that, especially given the fact that it was such a, a recent policy change that there was, you know, actual written policy and, and implementation of written policy in effect, uh, and, and going forward, it just, it, it, it is mind boggling to me. Playing devil's advocate, though, um, we didn't. When we were fighting the campaign to get a policy in place protecting transgender service members, we didn't have much in the way of polling data, ever, to clue us in whether or not, you know, we had public support for this. Um, after the White House did this, though, and targeted people who um, are in place doing their job, and nobody's been hearing about troubles. Um, you know, the fact that the polling data came in in favor of us so strongly was very reassuring. Um, 
and it's a good sign that this is really kind of a non-issue to most American public after the end of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and people look back at Don't Ask, Don't Tell as kind of a done deal, even more so than marriage, that this is not a place we're going to go back to. Um, but it begs the question, if they manage to ram this through and kick out transgender service members, what legal rationale would there be? How would you make an argument that you couldn't do the same thing to re-implement Don't Ask, Don't Tell with an executive order? What would stop that legally if you could do that to transgender people? I think that's kind of an important question. Yeah. It was, uh, it was very interesting going through the, uh, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the uh, repeal of that uh, in 2011. You know, there's all kinds of skies falling type of reaction to that and that there was going to be this mass exodus of, of you know qualified service members that would leave because of uh, now that uh, that uh, uh, gay and lesbian service members could could serve openly uh, and, and it fully and it just didn't happen and I think that had a reaction to a lot of our service members that that uh, would say that look this is this is simply not an issue uh, that if we come back to idea of can they do the job and if you were to go back in a policy by by virtue of the commander-in-chief uh, implementing without uh, justification any kind of uh, to go back and, and say that you know uh, gay and lesbian members are no longer uh, compatible with military service as they were once deemed to be that would have such a strong reaction in the service uh, community uh, because that is just simply known not to be true, and uh, you know, have a different generation of soldiers. My my sons in the army, you have a different generation of soldiers that is uh, fully accepting, or, or not fully, but but uh, almost nearly completely accepting of of uh, uh, gay and lesbian as well as transgender service members, uh, and that's just would be a a huge uproar if there were to be that kind of change going back. Absolutely, yep. there would be an uproar. But the reason I even I the reason I even bring it up is that the Family Research Council, an anti-LGBT hate group as designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, claimed credit for the Trump administration's tweets about transgender people um, and getting this this tweet ban in place. What's really interesting, though, is that. Very recently, uh, the, fam- well, the Family Research Council was always opposed to the repeal of Donuts Don't Tell and continued to push very hard for it to be brought back, claiming that letting gays and lesbians serve was causing um, massive increase in um, suicide and sexual assault and all, every, any statistic of uh, adverse climate in the military that they could find, they would claim that gays and lesbians are responsible for it. So as, as bizarre as it sounds to say that we, could we see an executive order banning lesbians and gays from the military? Um, well, the group that got this tweet to go through is still pushing for that exact thing um, right now, that they want to ban gay and lesbians too, and they're still pushing for it, and they have very, very considerable influence within the White House. They had three of their senior members on the Trump uh, administration's transition team. And thanks, well, thanks very a lot much to both to of Chris you for, Thank you. for participating. We really appreciate it. Great discussion. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris and Bryn. Thanks, and I, thank you for letting me continue. I think that Trump is the only one who believes his tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I'm, I'm sure he has some other, but uh, boy, it sure seems like he's he's out there on a limb on this one. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed this bonus reel. This is Bob Ambrogi. Uh, join us next time for another episode of Lawyer to Lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.